thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. Thank you, Father. Kasu Pradama, Emberekete Netalaya Dalatiasi. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for this grace to come into your presence. Scripture says that your mercies are new every morning. Your faithfulness is great. Your word says that every time we see the sun rise, it is proof that you are faithful. And so, Lord, as we see the sun rise this morning, we declare that you are a faithful God. We declare that, Lord, you are the one who lives from everlasting to everlasting. We declare that you are God alone and there is none beside you. Be glorified forevermore. Be glorified forevermore. We worship you as Yahweh. We worship you as the King of Kings. Be exalted forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, just for who you are, beyond the wonderful things you do in our lives, Lord, we magnify you for just who you are. You are faithful. You are kind. Your love you reserve for generations, thousands and millions of generations. We adore you this morning. Be glorified, precious Father. Lord, we have come into your presence once again to be blessed. We have come into your presence to learn at your feet. We ask, Lord, this morning, speak to us. Help us uh, gain understanding in your word. But let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eye Nike sharing this time with you. All right, let me say, um, express my sincere appreciation to everyone who has been engaging since we started the book of Ezekiel. Okay, it's just been three chapters. And I have received so many comments. <laughs> Someone said, uh, Sister Gift said, Ah, for the first time she understands this book a little bit better. Okay? So my hope is that um, before we are through, you will understand the book uh, better and better, more and more. And then for those who commented that our pastor, it will be better for you to slow down. It seems you are rushing to... Uh, too much and um, there are things you could have explained better so I agree there okay so I will try and um, take it slower or try and elaborate as much as possible but my goal okay is to first uh, lay the groundwork for you to understand how to interpret okay so that when we are reading you already okay can even do the interpretation yourself so apart from the things that we have mentioned about interpretations, you know, taking the word of God literally, okay, when the word of God does not make sense literally, usually it is speaking with a figure or speak or with a, in a figurative sense, okay? So all that that we have added, let me add one or two and then we'll read today. Now one of the things you must understand when you read, especially prophecies, is that the scripture, the Bible, never contradicts itself. Never. Not even once. Okay? It has been researched thoroughly. 
the Bible will never contradict itself, okay? And when you see an idea in one area of the Bible, okay, it must be confirmed somewhere else in the Bible, okay? You can't just take one uh, one portion of the Bible and glean your own understanding from it and then start running with it. The Bible actually says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, okay, um, every word will be justified. So until now, if you look at some of the things that we have seen, you see that they align with some other portion of the Bible. For example, the fact that Ezekiel, you know, was called at the age of 30, okay, aligns with, okay, Jesus also being called, <laughs> called to ministry at the age of 30, okay? So um, we see, for example, okay, that when Ezekiel saw you know, God, you know, he said that he had a form, he was glowing like amber, you know, beryl, shining, okay? And he talked about that crystal, uh, that crystal on, on the ground. If you read the book of Revelation, you see that the description is very, very similar. In fact, when Jesus appeared to John in the book of Revelations, Revelation 1 and 2, when he appeared to John, okay, what Ezekiel described looks a lot like the Jesus that appeared to him. Okay, so using it this way, okay, you 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 are able to check yourself, okay, not to miss anything. So whenever you see um, any portion of the Bible, any portion of the book of Ezekiel, and you can't Okay, find any other place, okay, uh, to connect with in the Bible. You want to slow down, okay? You want to slow down. I think um, you pay attention to that. I'm telling you, it will help your interpretation of the Bible. The Bible, I repeat again, never contradicts itself. All right, let's read today. Today we'll be reading um, Ezekiel chapter 4, 5, 6. Okay, so because we have all of this down already, Okay, we will understand a lot of the things that Ezekiel is doing better now, okay? So let's go. Ezekiel chapter 4, 5, and 6. Ezekiel chapter 4, Ezekiel will talk about the signs of the coming siege. Ezekiel chapter 5, he talks about the sign of the coming judgment. Ezekiel chapter 6, he talks about judgment against Israel's mountain. And then Ezekiel chapter 7 talks about the coming, okay, the end had come. He was prophesying that look. Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. Okay, so let's read. Ezekiel chapter 4 says, And now, son of man, take a large clay brick and set it down in front of you. Then draw a map of the city of Jerusalem on it. Show the city under siege. Build a wall around it so no one can escape. Set up the enemy camp and surround the city with siege ramp and battering rams. Remember that Ezekiel is in Babylon. Okay? So, one of the things that God does with Ezekiel is use him to, you know, Jeremiah used to speak in, in metaphors, okay? He used, used to use metaphors to try and communicate his message. He used descriptive, descriptive language or even demonstration, if you want to call, call it that, you know, to try and communicate what God was saying. So what you would have seen him doing is that you would have seen Ezekiel on the streets of Babylon, you know, build, you know, um, buildings representing Jerusalem and then build a siege around it. I'm sure the Babylonians would have been, been wondering what is going on here. This was long before the Babylonians even decided to come and, you know, um, come and capture 
Jerusalem. He says, so show the city under siege, build a wall around it so no one can escape. Set up the enemy camp and surround the city uh, with siege rams and battery rams. He said, then take an iron griddle and place it between you and the city. Turn towards the city and demonstrate how harsh the, uh, the siege will be against Jerusalem. This will be a warning to the people of Israel. Okay, so this message was a warning to the people of Israel. He was telling them what was coming, a physical, you know, a clear description of what was coming. But still, the people didn't listen. God told them already. They won't listen. For says, now lie on your left side and place the and place the sins of Israel on yourself. So usually, it is only the eye. In fact, even the eye priest does not do this. It is the scapegoat, the eye priest, you know takes you know speaks over over the head of the scapegoat and then the scapegoat carries the sins of the people okay maybe into the wilderness for example you'll find that in the book of leviticus so god asking ezekiel to do it here okay uh tells you okay so again you have to compare it understand what he's saying in light of what God, the instruction God gave them in Leviticus. Says, so now, now lie on your left side and place the sins of Israel on yourself. You are to bear their sins for the number of days you lie there on your, on, on your side. I'm requiring you to bear Israel's sins for 390 days, one day for each day of their sins. After that, turn over and lie on your right on your right side for 40 days, one day for each day of Judah's sin. Hmm. Says, meanwhile, keep staring at the siege of Jerusalem. Lie there with your hand bared and prophesy at destruction. I will tie you up with ropes so you won't be able to turn from side to side until the days of your siege have been completed. Okay, so is it that God tied Ezekiel with rope, physical rope? I don't think so, but I think he would have just maybe some. Um, the power of God just came upon him and he was literally paralyzed. Okay, so when you came to look at him physically, you could see that he could not move. But he was there because that was the instruction God gave him. He says, until the days of your siege have been completed. Now he says, now go and get some wheat, barley, beans, lentil, millet, and emma, emma wheat and mix them together in a storage jar. Use them to make bread for yourself during the 390 days you will be lying on your side. Ration this out to yourself, eight ounces of food for each day and eat it at at set times then measure out a jar of water for each day and drink it at set time prepare and eat this food as you would as you would barley cakes uh, while all the people are watching bake it over a fire using dry human dogs as foil and then eat the bread okay <laughs> so i say again god the things that god made ezekiel do were just were just beyond were just beyond his calling was just unusual okay compared to every other person's calling in the bible i will tell you that ezekiel's calling is the most unusual god made him do some strange things if i you will see we'll get to the point where his wife will actually die yes and it will be a message to israel hmm. Okay, so God tells him to cook his or bake his bread and everything over human dogs. Hi, 
I don't know whether I would have done that one. He says, yes, drive human dung as well and then eat the bread. Then the Lord said, this is how Israel will eat defiled bread in the Gentile lands to which I will banish them. Then 14, then I said, O sovereign Lord, must I be defiled by using human dung? Remember, he's a priest, okay? So uh, he says, must I be defiled by using human dungs? For I have never been defiled before. Okay, so you see that this lines up with what Peter said to God when God let down that sheet, you know, uh, from heaven in Acts, okay? When God told him, Peter, stand, kill and eat. And he was telling God, I have never, I have never tasted anything or eaten anything like this before. It lines up with what happened to, to Ezekiel here. Okay, So you see how we interpret the Bible or we understand the Bible by always interpreting it in light of other portions of the Bible. I'm telling you, you will get better clarity. It says, it says um, then I said, O sovereign Lord, must I, must I be defied by using human dogs? For I have never been defied before. From the time I was a child until now, I have never eaten any animal that died of sickness or was killed by other animals. I have never eaten any meat for the forbidden by the law. All right, the Lord said, you may bake your bread with cow dung instead of human dung. Then he told me, son of man, I will make food very scarce in Jerusalem. It will be weighed out with great care and eaten fearfully. The water will be rationed out uh, drop by drop and the people will drink it with, uh, with dismay. Lacking food and water, people will look at one another in terror and they will waste away under, under their punishment. Remember that um, Ezekiel is in Babylon. Remember what Jeremiah was prophesying. Jeremiah was prophesying almost the same thing, exactly the same thing at about the same time without any communication between the two of them. They were saying literally the same thing, but the people will not listen. Let's go on to Ezekiel chapter 5. This one is a sign of the coming judgment. It says, son of man, take a sharp sword and use it as a razor to shave your, to shave your head and beard. Use a skill to weigh the air into three equal parts. Place a third of it at the center of, of your map of Jerusalem. After acting out the siege, burn it there. Scatter another third across your map and chop it uh, with, uh, with a sword. Scatter the last, the last third uh, to the wind, for I will scatter my people with the sword. Okay, so Jeremiah would just have been a drama queen, okay, demonstrating different things, you know, and trying to get the message through to people. Okay, he says, Keep just a bit of the air and tie it up in your robe. For says, then take some of this air out and throw them into the fire, burning them up. A fire will then spread from uh, this remnant and destroy all of Israel. Okay? And if you remember, okay, there was a remnant that was left behind. Remember the remnant, Ishmael, or what was his name, that killed Gedaliah. Ged, uh, yes, Gedaliah. Okay? So there was that remnant that was left, that literally just destroyed the old nation. And then all of them had to run to Egypt. 
5 says this is what the sovereign lord says this is an illustration of what will happen to jerusalem so everything that jeremiah ezekiel does did is it them is an illustration of what was going to happen he says i place her at the center of the nations but she has rebelled against my regulation and decrees and has has been even more wicked than the surrounding nations she has refused to obey the regulations i decreed I obey the regulations and decrees I gave her to follow. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You people have behaved worse than your neighbors and have refused to obey my decrees and regulations. You have not even lived by the standards of the nations around you. Therefore, I myself, the sovereign Lord, hmm, am now your enemy. I'm telling you, when God tells you that he is now your enemy, you know you are in trouble. Yes. He says, I am now your enemy. I will punish you publicly while all the nations watch. Because of your detestable detestable idols, I will punish you like I have never punished anyone before or ever will again. And I'm telling you, the punishment God gave Israel was terrible. It was great because uh, the nation was literally reduced, reduced to dust. Then says that parents will eat their own children. I'm telling you, it happened when the 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 siege was so was so terrible. People ate their children. Parents will eat their own children, and children will eat their parents. I will punish you and scatter to the uh, to the winds the few who survive. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I will cut you off completely. I will uh, show you no pity at all because you have defiled my temple with your vile images and detestable sins. So someone will say, "Ah, how could God be? Is God so angry with these people? Yes, he was that angry. Okay, so one of the things that God would do with Ezekiel is that he he would tell Ezekiel to go like, you know, he would take him what's the word to describe this one now it's like as if he's in a trance okay but his, his, his body is in one place but God his body is in Babylon obviously but God takes his spirit to Jerusalem okay and then he enters the temple and sees the atrocities that were going on there okay so when you see all the atrocities that were going on there you will say God yes they deserve it I'm telling you yes it says a third of your people will die in the city uh, from disease and famine. A third of them will be slaughtered by the enemy outside the city walls. And I will scatter a third to the wind, chasing them with, with my sword. Then at last my anger will be spent and I will be satisfied. And when my fury against them has subsided, all Israel will know that I, the Lord, have spoken to them in my jealous, in my jealous anger. 14 says, so I will turn you into a ruin, a mockery in the eyes of the surrounding nations. And to all who pass by, you will become an object of mockery and taunting and horror. You will be a, you will be a warning to all, all, uh, all the nations around you. They will see what happens when the Lord punishes a nation in anger and rebukes it, says the Lord. Remember that this same thing happened to the nations that Israel took over when they were entering the land. Remember when they were entering the promised land, how they were able to overcome those nations because those ones were idol worshippers. So again, I don't know what it is about idol. I don't know what it is about idol worship, but it makes you an enemy of God. 
Yes, it makes you an enemy of God. It takes you away from the presence of God. Please stay away from idolatry. 16 says, I will shower you with, with the deadly arrows of famine to destroy you. The famine will become more and more severe until every crumb of food is gone. And along and along with the famine, wild animals will attack you and rob you of your children. Disease and war will stalk your land and I will bring the sword of the enemy against you. I, the Lord, have spoken. I'm telling you, okay, of course, Judah got to the point where they really, really, really make God angry. And it was very, very terrible. It was not necessary. They should not have gone this far. They saw what had happened to Israel when Assyria carried them off to exile. Of course, Israel's own was just so terrible. One king after the other, one king after the other, rebelled against God. Judah was a bit better in that they had one or two good kings in there. You know, but you will see when we start reading chapter 6, when God will tell Ezekiel to prophesy against the mountains of Israel. Because those mountains were the places where the altars were. The altars where they offered their children as sacrifices. The altars where they burned their bodies, you know, to worship other gods. It was really terrible. And so God was angry with this nation. Chapter 6 says, again, a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, turn and face the mountains of Israel and prophesy against them. Proclaim this message from the Sovereign Lord against the mountains of Israel. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to the mountains and hills, okay, and to the ravens and valleys. I, I am about to bring war up upon you, and I will smash your pagan shrine. All your altars will be demolished, and your places of worship will be destroyed. I will kill your people in front of your idols, and I will lay your corpses in front of your idols and scatter your bones around the altar. You say again, so some people will say, of course, so that one of the ways God describes himself, God says, for the Lord your God is a jealous God. Okay, so if you see the way God is speaking here sometimes, it feels as if God is jealous. Yes, that, you know, I saved you, I redeemed you, and then, in fact, part of the book of Ezekiel, later in the book of Ezekiel, so towards chapter 20, God will like tell them that they are prostitutes. <laughs> he said, all your altars will be demolished. He says, I will kill your people in front of your idols. I will lay your corpses in front of your idols and scatter your bones around your altar. Wherever you live, there will be desolation and I will destroy your pagan shrines. Your altars will be demolished. Your idols will be smashed. Your places of worship will be torn down and all the religious objects you have made will be destroyed. The place will be littered with corpses, and you will know that I am that I alone am the Lord. But I will let a few of my people escape, escape destruction, and they will be scattered among the nations of the, of the world. Then when they are exiled among the nations, they will remember me. They will recognize how odd I am by their unfaithful hearts and lustful eyes that long for their idols. Then at last uh, they will hate themselves for all their detestable sin. They will know that I alone am the Lord and that I was serious when I said I will bring this calamity on them. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Clap your hands in horror and stamp your feet, cry out because of all the detestable sins the people of Israel have committed. Now they are going to die from war and famine and disease. Disease will strike those who are far away in exile. 
war uh, will destroy those who are nearby and anyone who survives will be killed by famine. So at last I will spend my fury on them. Uh, they will know that I am the Lord when they are, when they are dead, lies scattered among their idols and altars on every hill and mountain and on, under every green tree and every green shade tree. These guys worship idols from right, left, center, every angle they worship idols. Different idols, they worship Baal, they worship Nebo, they worship Molech, they worship Chimoch, they worship the sun, they worship the moon, they worship everything. Hmm. Very terrible. He says every green tree and every green, green shade tree. He says the places where they offered sacrifices to their idols. I will crush them and make their cities desolate from the wilderness in the south to Ribla in the north. Then they will know that I, that I am, that I am the Lord. All right, let's read our final chapter for today, chapter seven. Okay, so eventually, what Ezekiel has been prophesying, what Jeremiah has been prophesying, we come, we now come to pass. It says, then this message came to me from the Lord, son of man. This is what the sovereign Lord says says to Israel: the end is here. Wherever you look, east, west, north, or south, your land is finished. No hope remains, for I will unleash my anger against you. I will call you to account for all your detestable sins. I will turn my eyes away and show no pity. I will repay you for all your detestable sin. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Disaster after disaster is coming your way. The end has come. It has finally arrived. Your final doom is waiting. O people of Israel, the day of your destruction is dawning. The time has come. The day of trouble is near. Shout of anguish will be heard on the mountains, not shouts of joy. Soon I will pour out my fury on you and unleash my anger against you. I will call you to account for all your detestable sins. I will turn my eyes away and show no pity. I will repay you for all your detestable sins. Then you will know that it is I, the Lord, who is striking the blow. The day of judgment is here. Your destruction awaits. The people's wickedness and pride have blossomed to full, to full flower. Their violence has grown into a rod that will beat them for their wickedness. None of these proud and wicked people will survive. All their wealth and prestige will be swept away. Yes, the time has come. The day is here. Buyers should not rejoice over bargain, nor sellers grieve over losses. For all of them will fall under my terrible anger. Even if the merchants survive, they will never return to their business. business. For what God has said applies to everyone. It will not be changed. Not one person whose life is twisted by sin will ever recover. Wow. 14. Since the trumpet calls Israel's army to mobilize, but no one listens. For my fury is against them all. There is war outside, outside the city and disease and famine within. Those outside the city walls will be killed by enemy swords. Those inside the city will die of famine and disease. The survivors are, will escape to the mountains, will mourn like doves, weeping for their sins. Their hands will hang limp. Their knees will be weak as water. They will dress themselves in burlap. 
horror and shame will, co will cover them. They dress themselves in burlap. Who were they doing sins? Okay, burlap is supposed to be okay a sign of mourning, okay, of repentance. Okay, Ezekiel has been prophesying all this while. In fact, you will see there that God. Ezekiel will even describe it a lot better in that God was giving them the word that look if you guys turn from your sins eh, if you repent I will I will turn away, away this disaster in other words I will tell Nebuchadnezzar not to come God told them but they said no they must do exactly what they want to do he says their hands will hang limp and their knees will be weak as water. They will, they will dress themselves in bola, horror and shame will cover them. They will shave their heads in sorrow and remorse. They will throw their money in the streets, uh, tossing it out like worthless trash. Their silver and gold won't save them. On that day of the Lord's anger, it would neither satisfy nor feed them. For their greed can only trip them up. Uh, they were proud of their beautiful jewelry and used it to make a detestable idols and vile images. Therefore, I will make all their wealth disgusting to them. I will give it as plunder to foreigners, to the most wicked of nations, and they will defile it. I will turn my eyes from them as these robbers invade and defile, defile my treasured land. People are... Uh, Prepare chains for my people, for the land is blooded by terrible crimes. Jerusalem is filled with violence. I will bring the most ruthless of nations to occupy their, their homes. I will break down their proud fortresses and defile their sanctuaries. Terror and trembling will overcome my people. They will look for peace but not find it. Calamity will follow calamity. Rumor will follow, will follow rumor. They will look in vain for a vision from, from the prophets. They will receive no, no teaching uh, from, from the priests and no counsel, no counsel for, from the leaders. The king and the prince will stand helpless, weeping in despair, and the people's hand will tremble with fear. I will bring on them the evil they have done to others and they will receive the punishment they so richly deserve. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Okay, so big lessons for us to learn today. I don't know whether you need to wait for calamity to come. So there are those who will ask God to prove himself before they believe him. Okay, ah, it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing to do. It's a dangerous prayer to make. To tell God to prove himself, to show himself if he is really, really God. Ah, you are going a step too far. Okay? For these people, it felt as if, let the calamity confess. Then we will repent. And by the time the calamity came, it was too late. It was too late. Okay? So, as we look at all the destruction we see, you know, um, as it's coming upon Jerusalem, Remember that, I, like I always say, you must be able to mirror it against maybe another event in the Bible. And the only event that would be this terrible, okay, would be the second coming of Jesus. Okay, the second coming of Jesus. The same thing will apply. People would have been told, preaching word of counsel would have been going and coming. People would have been told to repent of their ways, but people would reject God. And then Jesus will come back to judge the nations. At that time, it will feel as if God, ah, is it fair to judge the nations like this? Just like it is fair 
okay? And it is just and righteous for God to judge Israel like this uh, here. It will be just and right and righteous for God to judge people also in the end time. The lesson for us to, to take away from today is please don't make God your enemy. Yes, don't make God your enemy. You put an idol in your life. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are looking for trouble. You put an idol in your life. You know, one wood that you, you have kept under, under your bed that you call on. There's no life in any wood. There's no God, any other God anywhere. The only living God, okay, is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The God of Israel, Yahweh, Jehovah. He is the only God, okay? So don't, he will not tolerate having an idol beside him. Okay, so my advice for someone this morning is don't make God your enemy. And if you have an idol, it is time to throw it out. It is time to throw it away. I want us to just begin to pray. Lord, help me to keep all my focus on you. Help me not to be distracted. Lord, as the message of the end time will be coming, Help me to learn them. Help me to imbibe them. Help me to live for you. Will you lift up your voice and just begin to pray? We live in dangerous times. The same time, similar to what the children of Israel had to go through. Oh, many of them, many, in fact, the majority, the majority were destroyed. I am praying this morning for everyone listening. You will not be destroyed. In the mighty name of Jesus, pray this morning. Lord, help me to keep my heart focused on you. Help me to walk with you. Help me to have a deeper relationship with you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you this morning. Lord, we say thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord, because you are helping us. Ah, for that person that has made up their mind to throw away the charm, to throw away that idol. Father, thank you for courage to, uh, to complete it in the name of Jesus. As we go today, Lord, bless your people. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Enjoy your day.